0: Just that taste. Hello, and welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. I'm here with Jake Anderson as I am every week at Jake Anderson FF on Twitter. We discuss one player at a time from two different perspectives. Uh, thanks for joining us here at the Crossroads this week, and we are in week 14, just in case you're listening to this from the future or the past, I guess, maybe. Uh, time travel. Got invented and you came back just to listen to our podcast. It's a it's a distinct possibility. We are starting to enter the fantasy playoff season, so starts to sit decisions are really uh, what's on everyone's mind. And um, we release a poll every week to ask who we should talk about on the podcast each week. And um, this week it was between Jalen Samuels, Jeff Wilson, Justin Jackson, and Dante Pettis. Uh, the results were so close that we decided there was no winner, and we made an executive decision to talk about Jeff Wilson. Um. Is is that the right way of saying we just ignored everyone, Jake?
1: Well, uh, Shane Manila said that he wanted to hear Jeff Wilson, so I just I always do what Shane says. I mean, that was (laughs) that was his name on Twitter forever was Shane says. So when Shane says, that's a little bit of a tongue twister. When Shane says something, you just do whatever he says. So that's what we're doing.
0: Okay. Uh great. I don't do what Shane says. Screw you, Shane. Not 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 really. Not really Shane. But yeah, uh, for this week um where it starts sit decisions, we've kind of felt like he might be the start sit decision that's hardest to make. I think people know the least amount about him, including us. I had to go look him up uh when when we got on here. We spent about an hour just talking while we each look up stuff about <laughs> Jeff Olsen, pretty much. Although I think Jake had already gone and watched his film, so maybe it was just me and I'm not admitting to that fact. Also a real possibility just Throwing it out there. Uh, I will say, um, just looking at some of these other names, um, to do a quick personal uh, how I feel about him off the cuff, Jalen Samuels, I think you can start him, but if you have another starter you are planning to start, I would not put Samuels in over that player. Um, I think we might expect more from him just because of his dual role. His real value, I think... Um, in most circles, is going to be that he's listed as a tight end in some places. I think he's a good player. I wouldn't ex- be expecting uh, top 20 f- um, fantasy points at the position from him. But, you know, I- I've been more wrong more than once. Justin Jackson, I'm really excited about him in Dynasty uh, as well. This week, uh, he's kind of in the Samuels start-sit mold in that he did well last week, but I could easily see it switching back to Austin Eckler. Um, this week, um, I think Echo is actually still leading in projections in most places that I've looked, including my own. So um, if you had another guy, I wouldn't start Justin Jackson hoping that his role is definitely going to continue. It could, but if you have another option, um, I'd seriously consider playing him. Um, Dante Pettis, I, I am not a fan of Dante Pettis at all. So I'm just going to leave other people to make the start decisions on him. Jake, is there any one of those four guys that we're not going to talk about extensively you wanted to um, mention how you would uh, value them as starts this week? It is the first week of the playoffs, after all. These might be important decisions for someone. (laughs) Uh, and they want someone like us to give an opinion so they can disagree with it and feel good about starting them that's my idea
1: sure i I mean i i feel like people just want to hear you say jalen samuels is a locked in rb1 just like spencer ware was last year or last week oh yeah um i think i'm probably a little bit higher on jalen samuels than you but but not a lot i i I said today on twitter that he's a top 18 running back and i think people just expect that he's going to be a lot higher than that and it's It's going to come down to touchdown volatility. And if he scores, he probably does good for you. And if he doesn't, he he probably doesn't. So, um, I think you made a good point, you know, always the wet blanket on, on these hype trains. Um, I think, I think if you did, I'm selective, Jake, I would, I would say I'm, I'm, I'm definitely higher on Jalen Samuels this week. than I am Justin Jackson, just because I'm more worried about Austin Eckler than I am. Steven Ridley. Um, even though I do like Ridley, uh, I, I would say that there is a, a tier break there where I would definitely lean to Samuels over Jackson if you had to choose between those two players. And I'm kind of right there with you with Dante Pettis, where I'm not a huge believer. And he's certainly not somebody, you know, there's so many good wide receivers out there. Um, I think you'd be you have to be pretty desperate to put him in your lineup during the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I will say, just, especially about Ridley, um, which is, you know, uh, Jalen Samuels' problem, um, for volume, uh, the team long before this was a question this week, like in the preseason, mentioned that they had two distinct skill sets. So I think they view them that way and that could easily play into how they're used. Um, but, you know, coach, what coaches say isn't worth isn't worth too much. <laughs> but I just thought I'd throw it out there. Um, so the guy we're actually going to talk about is Jeff, or Jeffrey, depending on which site you're looking up, uh, Wilson. And it is important because he can get some different players. Uh, a little late coming to you, but are uh, you doing all right? Are you ready for this? you ready to talk about the phenom that is Jeff Wilson uh, for the San Francisco I, 49ers?
1: I, I am I am very excited. I mean, I, compared to Gus Edwards, I'm, I'm definitely more excited than that night.
0: That That's saying almost nothing
1: for, for you, Jake. <laughs> 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 That's kind of right in line with what I was going for there. Yeah, right. Um,
0: no, I, I, I've tried to start the hashtag stop the bus. I want to get off, but it's not its not taking off. Um, but yeah, I, I really want off the bus. <laughs> so I don't know. Are you so excited to talk about Jeff Wilson that you just have to go first or do you want me to start? I think it's my turn.
1: I, yeah, I kind of want to hear what you have to say about Jeff Wilson before I get uh, to his tape.
0: No, No, I have something things to about him. I, I went because uh, Jake insisted I actually do my job. He He's an asshole that way sometimes. Um, and actually looked up what he did in college. You can look him up on Sports pro, uh, sportsreference.com to see his college numbers. That's where I get most of my data to, well, all of my data in order to process their market share. Um, I didn't actually have him in my sheet. I had him in my sheet, but he was just zeros all the way across. Apparently not even my uh, my um, market share model had been bothered to look up Jeffrey Wilson before now. Um, he started uh, his college career. That's something that doesn't come up on sports reference. You have to go look up his date of birth. He was 18 in his first season, and obviously he played until he's 21. I think uh, that's a fairly good sign in general. You're not getting a player that... Um, started college late at a lower conference, it can sometimes be a red flag. Um as far as his market share, he he it looks okay, is what I'm gonna say. Um his college dominator is going to come out fairly well because his two last seasons, um, his workload really just exploded. He went from um, 10% uh, of the market share of rushing opportunities or rushing attempts um, in his age 18 rookie season all the way to uh, 35, then 40, and then 37%. And that's actually a feature of his entire career. Um, I keep forgetting the name of his college. Where did he go? Uh, North Texas and um, his last year, despite playing as many games as he did the year before his stats drop and um, the team also rushed uh, a lot more t- in his final season. The attempts went from around 430 up to 508. And, um, but Jeff Wilson's workload um didn't expand. And so his market share looks y- lower. I'd actually consider that something of a red flag. If there's more opportunities, you'd like it to be that the players earning them, not that the team's just found someone else to give rushing opportunities to. Um, but overall that uh forty that forty percent height of rushing opportunities says he was he was impo- he was doing well for the team, um, but he wasn't featured. He's not breaking like college workhouse um workhorse um thresholds here. Um, his rushing yards are also similar he did get 50% over 50% of the rushing yards in both of his final two seasons over 40% in his age 19 season and um, again his rookie season he b- wasn't used much at all And then he got 12% uh, of their rushing yards that year I don't want to just list numbers at you so the overall view of Jeff Wilson's profile is someone who is definitely utilized by the team who is producing positive yards when the team wanted to run more it wasn't because of Jeffrey or Jeff Wilson however um, in his final year. I will say it's a positive mark that he was used as a receiver both of his last two years with over 20 receptions um, in his age 20 and 21 season. Wide receiver offers a negative correlation for breaking out in your last two seasons and I tend to follow that over to running backs as well. I don't like that his best years were his last years in college. I wanted to show a little more earlier Um, but it is also positive that he did get over 40% of the rushing yards in his age 19 season. That's not bad it's just um it doesn't stick out I do like that he's both running and catching the ball in college because uh, that shows the type of uh, skill set you want in the NFL even for an undrafted guy every undrafted free agent in every position is always going to get a little bump for me I just those are the guys I want to work out um, and so I'm overall positive on Jeffrey Wilson but with Matt Breida it, it sounds to me like they're literally resting him they're worried um, I actually think this is a positive thing for Matt Breida in that he did come back from his latest injury in the NFL to play again. This week, they just said he's sitting. Long before the game actually played, they are just like, we're going to sit this guy. I think that might have something to do with they want to use him. Next year, they're interested in seeing how he plays out for the um, Two thousand and nineteen season, and they just don't want to keep risking his injury, no matter how immortal he seems to be coming back from an injury every week that that's that's how it read to me. Jake can tell you if I'm just making stories or i'm completely wrong because Matt breeder is his nemesis he uh he hates Matt breeder um and wants him off the roster as soon as possible he's wrong, but that's that's how Jake feels about Matt breeder, so this might become uh, uh jeffrey wilson's moment in the limelight, and I'm here for it frankly um how about you jake what does he look like from uh, the college tape who is he what, what was he in college uh quick
1: tape? question for you did you have any other um athletic measurements besides his? i know he ran like a mid 4-4 or mid 4 five forty 40 at his pro day do you have anything else on him
0: yeah I, i've got a few things on him um directly from player profiler he got like well i didn't mention but he's he got like 1.7 receptions per game over his whole college season that's not a metric but it's something that just flashed up in my head so i thought i'd mention it he scores a 102.4 on the Spark X metric. That's one people like to quote, and you really shouldn't. If anyone's making an argument for a player using Spark X, just, just turn it off, frankly. Or maybe not, because maybe they're wonderful and I like them, so keep <laughs> listening and downloading. But um, Spark X should never be used as an argument for a player. It's, it's, it's not good. He got 15 reps on the bench... He got 11.49, which is a 36th percentile agility score. He didn't score above the, the 40th percentile in any athletic measurements, put it that way. His speed score is in the 33rd percentile, and that's bad. You want over 50. The higher the percentile, the better the score, right? Um, he's six foot tall, 210 pounds. And like you said, um, adjusted for his pro day time, he ran a 4.6. Like you add a little bit because it's a pro day time and those are hand timed and tend to be off by a plus and minus. And that gives him, a, like I said, a 33. 30- third percentile speed score. Um, his burst score, which is a combination of both his vertical and his um, lateral jump, came out to 114. Again, that means nothing. Put it in context, though, so that's a 28th percentile. So again, not great. I'm, I'll never make an argument against a player because of his athletic measurements. The question is always, can this player use what he is to do what other players that we like and have been productive in the NFL can do? Last week, and Jeffrey Wilson showed for at least one game he could do that. But if you're looking for an edge and a reason to like him, athletic measurements are not going to be it. Was there any particular <laughs> athletic no, measurement you were looking for? I just, I just
1: for? wanted to get some more background there. That's all. All right, uh, so just diving into uh, Jeffrey Wilson from a tape standpoint and just getting a little bit about his uh, background. Um, he's from a small town in, in Texas. You know, he was a two-star recruit coming out of high school, even though he had...
0: no. No, no, you can't do this. You can't just, like, I come in with this amazing amount of apathy, and you're like, this kid from a small town in Texas. Now it sounds like I'm some asshole who doesn't like a small-town kid undrafted. The thing is, I didn't even have to say this to make you look like an (laughs) asshole.
1: That's the best part. (laughs) That's that's true. So, (laughs) yeah, this poor kid comes from a really small town in Texas undrafted. Now uh, he's poor. <laughs> no, I didn't say financially. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, two-star recruit coming out of high school, even though he did post over 5,000 yards and over uh, 60 touchdowns his final two years in high school. Um, you know what? I, I put on his tape, and I actually I liked him as a player. I think he's he's good in a lot of areas. I think he, he shows good vision. I think he sets up his blockers. He shows good patience. Um, and I think he showed adequate burst and in, in agility. He's got a nice little quick little um, side step. Um, I, you know, I think I I think on tape he looks more athletic than what he measured, which I always think is a good thing, right? It's it's better than the vice versa of that, um, where a player measures well.
0: Yeah, and it's exactly what I was saying. Like those athletic measurements don't often right. translate well to what they do on the field. Like he's using what he's right. got. Right. For an I NFL mean, Yeah, because,
1: I mean, this is a guy that did make a lot of big plays in North Texas. Um, you know, not, like, ADR plays, but big chunk plays. Uh, certainly a guy that likes to get outside, likes to get in space. Um, but, you know, they use him on the goal line a lot in wildcat formations. And um, there's a play against SMU where they were on the goal line. They gave him the wildcat, wild car, ugh, wildcat package. He got stuffed. Yeah. Um, They gave him a touch out of the backfield. He got stuffed. They gave him the wildcat again on third and short. And he got in the end zone. So, obviously, they weren't afraid to use him at the goal line. Um, I think he has adequate power. He's not super strong in his lower body. Um, But we saw him, you know, one of his first runs against the Seahawks last week. He put a nice little, you know, put his shoulders down and and took on a defender and knocked him backwards. And, um, you know, I think this kid certainly cares a lot i was listening to one of his interviews and you know his dream was to play in the nfl and he didn't even care if it was like a preseason game like he he's like i'll quit football if that happens i'll be just happy to like get a snap in the nfl so you can look at that in a number of ways whether that's good or bad but um you know i think he i think he's gonna try to take the most of his his opportunity here and I, I like the I like the player. Like I said, you know, I watched Gus Edwards way too much a couple weeks ago, and I was not impressed at all with his tape. And um, popped on Jeffrey Wilson, who I wasn't super familiar with. And overall, I liked his skill set. And I think the biggest advantage is he's a really natural receiver. You know, really good hands, really comfortable um, running routes out of the backfield. Uh, his first yeah their first one of their first plays, I think it was their third and four they they split him out wide last week against the Seahawks and he caught a ball for a first down so um you know it's always great when you see a running back that gets split out wide. I think that speaks volumes to his receiving ability. You mentioned his production in college the, you know there are some concerns there, but before we get to those. Um, the good thing about him is he did increase his yards per touch his last three final seasons there at North Texas. But it was uh, we were talking pre-show here. A couple of his concerns are, you know, he missed seven games in his college career, which isn't a lot. But, you know, I think he does have some health concerns. And I think one of his biggest knocks was his ball security. He fumbled the ball one every 33 touches, which is not great. And the funny thing about that is we saw both of those those weaknesses or concerns pop up last week he had a fumble in the red zone um I think it was within inside the 10 yard line you know he's just running too upright and got stacked up and got stripped and then he did miss you know he got pulled from the game with a little foot injury and I think he's even questionable for this week um so we saw him get dinged up and we saw him lose the ball and you know a guy that's undrafted that's your fifth best running back on the roster um you know, it's not going to take a whole lot of time. Not that they have a whole lot of better options um, behind him. I personally just went up and picked up Matthew Days on a bunch of rosters just in case he's not ready to go. Um, I think they need somebody to run the ball that's name isn't Alfred Morris. Uh, but I think he's got a good opportunity. And, and the thing is, with with well, especially like a guy like Jeffrey Wilson, I hope guys aren't expecting, you know, he looked good last week. He really did. Um, you know, over 138 or 100, over 130 combined yards, uh, caught eight of nine balls. You know, he's set up perfectly for, you know, that offense because Nick Mullins can't throw the ball anywhere that's not in the middle of the field or on screen pass. So he's going to probably get some good targets, assuming he stays on the field. Um, so I think from a dynasty perspective, I hope you're just kind of – trying to figure out what he's going to be for this week and maybe for the rest of the season. Uh, I think it's probably highly unlikely that, you know, he becomes anything more than what he's going to be for this season. I think he could be good. I mean, could he be potentially kind of what Matt Breida has been? I think he could. I mean, I'd like him. And, you know, I'm probably a little bit lower on Matt Breida than some, um, even though he did did prove me wrong. I I will (laughs) admit that. Um, he's a better pass catcher, better overall player than I thought he was. Tough as nails, obviously. Um, but yeah, I think he's got a good opportunity and I don't know. I mean, I want to ask you a question. How would you feel between like those guys that you mentioned earlier and, uh, with Jalen Samuels and, and Justin Jackson against, uh, Jeff Wilson just for this week? What are your projections saying? Have you gotten to J- Jeff Wilson?
0: I was actually just looking that up. um yeah, yeah, <laughs> I even remembered to project him. Thank you. Um,
1: <laughs> I just didn 't know if you got to <laughs> it. yeah
0: and don 't don 't think i didn 't notice all those heartwarming things you mentioned about Jeff Wilson just to seem like anyone who is not uh, a fan of Jeff Wilson is clearly <laughs> not a fan of poor kids who just want to play in the NFL just get just give him a chance. Um, yeah Jeff Wilson is actually projected well this week He's projected really well He's going up against Denver um, Which has given up uh, 18.5 fantasy points against um, According to adjusted fantasy points allowed So that's just not raw fantasy points It's adjusted for schedule by 4 for 4 It's a middling one against Denver um, He's actually projected by 4 for 4 For 17.7 fantasy points in PPR Which is really high I think they have him in their top 14 I was just trying to look up his rank i um, I have him as uh, a top 14 player as well this week. Um, is he top 14? I'd ha- I would have to go directly and check that. And um, you can find it on Player Profiler though if you pay for the if you pay for the draft they have, kit, um, you can see my have, uh, for this week. Four
1: for four has Jeff Wilson as running back 11 for the week in PPR scoring.
0: So a little higher on me um, than me, I think. And that's purely uh, for the same reason I was low on um, Brait last week. Um, something I can see about projections, and I'm not pulling anyone out because I'm doing it as well you can't miss on a guy this late in the season Um, it's almost better to project him for more than project him for less it's better to be optimistic than pessimistic in terms of just what your hit rates look like and how much help ...projections actually are to people making start-sit decisions. With Jeffrey Wilson, the only thing we have to project him is one game... ...which means you use a lot of what Matt Breida and what um, uh, Morissette were doing before that... ...and you look at the team role. So you're projecting him for volume, not ju- not really off what he's earned over a significant sample size... ...but it's more what the team has been doing. And like I was saying with Cameron Bright last week... ...it's very easy and often likely that a team just... ...that, that volume just disappears... Like you don't get Kareem's workload just handed to, to, uh, to wear. I think I was calling him break before. You were. You get it divided up, and there's also just less of a workload. Targets don't have to be given to someone else, they can just disappear, evaporate. And so that can happen. What I will say is overwear, and the reason I'm more comfortable putting him in at least in the top 15 for this week um, is because uh, we actually saw the team play him last week, and they were comfortable giving him something similar to the workload Matt Breeder um, was getting before that. Um, and, and, you know, just hats off to San Francisco for saying we're sitting our stuff running back Matt breeder and uh, we're gonna give him a day off because you know he hasn't had a day off from college he's too tough we need to save him for our future um and that that's what I think uh, I think he's he looks good this week um, his matchup is okay K, which makes me less more conservative than 4 for 4 being right now and projections change throughout the week because I'm not sure the team might go another way if they are actually left conf- less confident in Jeff Wilson than last week um suggest so yeah I, I can keep talking about that forever actually because it's actually interesting um but I'm not down on him he's a start I, I'm higher on Jeff Wilson than I am Jalen Samuels this week or even Justin Jackson I can say that okay. pretty com- comfortably um would you say the same thing? I would thing? too.
1: <clears throat> and and the thing is, they are they're all in a pretty similar situation as far as uh, they're all in pretty good rushing situations uh, for this week. And the thing is, the starter that's in front of them is kind of up in the air. We don't know when Melvin Gordon's going to be back. Um, chances are, maybe week fifteen, um, if not you know championship week. Same thing with James Conner. We we think he's going to be back next week or by at least week week sixteen. And I think the most question up in the air is Matt Breida. We don't we don't we don't know if they're going to sit him for the rest of the season. Have you heard anything about them possibly sitting him, or is this just kind of um, Matt Breida this no, week? No, not not this week, but just for like the rest of the season. Is, is there any talk about that, or is that just kind of? Um,
0: I haven't heard anything okay. like that, but I. I I mean, am I off base that it just seems like? The... I mean, I
1: think they should have sat him a couple a couple of weeks ago, you know, and like finally yeah. just and
0: it, like he got dinged up again, but he was ready to go yet again, and I think they just said, "That's enough. We're not winning this season. I mean, let's just let's just make sure we don't break this guy."
1: I don't think he's missed a game since he was birth. Yeah, right.
0: So uh, so far, he's proved unbreakable. <laughs> but um, I, I think it's. I think it might be a start decision.
1: How do you feel about the narrative about just Kyle Shanahan running backs? Uh,
0: I think coaching narratives are generally overstated. Like, it's the players, let's face it. It's the players, not the coaches. What I will say is that they they definitely make a difference. Bill Belichick makes a damn difference, and so does Andy Reid, and so does Sean McVay. Yeah, these guys make some level of difference, but you can't, do nothing without something to work with right so i think shanahan's but to answer your actual question i think the shanahan narrative is overblown more than most
1: i figured that's that's so so before we wrap things up i just want to get um a couple players if you would start jeff wilson over and i'm just going to go down the list of four for four um where i feel like he, you know where you might have them over or not uh, starting with uh, James White, I'd imagine you'd start James White, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I'd start James White over him. Joe Mixon? Um,
0: that that's around about the right territory, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Mixon is ranked right next to him. Um, in four for four, and I have it pretty similar as well. So okay.
1: Lem- I like.
0: I would personally lean Joe Mixon. Um, they have about the same level of matchup, and as far as points scored by the running back position, Joe Mixon has also got a terrible quarterback to work with and a terrible offensive situation to work with. But
1: I've seen Joe Mixon do it more. Yeah, I, like I said, four for four as Jeff Wilson at eleven, projected at seventeen point seven points. All these guys after here, James White was the, the only guy that was ranked above Jeff Wilson here. So. Joe Mixon is lower. All these guys are going to be lower. Um, Leonard Fournette. And you can just say yes or no, really, I think. Am I talking too much?
0: I get it. Um, (laughs) No, um, I actually have uh, Leonard Fournette higher than that.
1: Tariq Cohen.
0: I really like Cohen this week. I'd lean Cohen. Eckler. I would lean Wilson, though.
1: Yeah, I would, too, just because of the uncertainty. Um, This is where 4 for 4 is. Jalen Samuels at 16, projected at 16.4 points. Obviously, you'd start Wilson over him. Uh, Delvin Cook. Is he back? He's healthy. No, he's healthy. But you think he's good? to he's go? He's good to go. And... Question is going to be, you know, can can. No, I mean, is he
0: good to go though? <laughs> Yeah, um, well, he's got the same matchup Jeff Wilson had last week, and Jeff Wilson ran the damn ball <laughs> and, and caught, caught the ball. It's actually a better and matchup. And caught the ball,
1: and Dalvin's been really good catching passes. So, uh, my
0: question with Dalvin Cook this week—I know this isn't a Dalvin Cook question—but hell, Jake, you know I can't say four words when I can go with twenty—is—is um, is Dalvin Cook gonna get his roll back? Like he looks back. I honestly think I haven't seen him taking his roll back. Like he—I think this is the week Cook gets his rollback. back. So while Dalvin Cook's coming out lower in projections they actually have more yeah. trust um in him than jeff wilson i'm leaning I think that that's
1: way big too, determining on what kind of player you need for your matchups are you do you need a huge I, upside and it's crazy that wilson might be the upside play there <laughs> um or do you need a floor you know, because, I mean, Wilson, if he didn't fumble, he had 21 points in PPR last year without a touch, or last week without a touchdown. That's pretty impressive. Um, just keep moving on. Uh, Mark Ingram, That's I like definitely. his matchup this week, too. Wow, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, Obviously, he's not the main back, and it might not matter going up against Tampa Bay. It's like a points yeah. party every time you go to tampa bay it's like everyone gets points so i'm gonna split the difference here i'd start cook personally and i wouldn't start mark ingram over jeff wilson
1: i like it i think we can wrap up there as far as those kind of players and i i think you do got to keep an eye on jeff wilson's injury report you know um if he's questionable make you make sure he's practicing make sure he's ready to go you don't want to be starting him over some of these guys when he's when he's maybe banged up um, they might not, you know, utilize them the same way. So.
0: All right, so uh, ultimately the what we've discovered is that I like players that just want to play in the NFL, come from uh, humble beginnings, and are just damn right salt-of-the-earth guys.
1: Yeah, interesting. I think that's a good, yeah, that was good. That was a good conversation point on, on Jeffrey Wilson. I like Jeff. I, I think Jeffrey sounds better. Jeffrey Wilson. You like Jeff. Jeff, Jeff my 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 buddy j will j
0: will that that that's that's the winner j will that's the winner right that's there it. man j will general j will perfect. Um, he's got a nickname yeah we gotta go we're gonna go uh, get some drinks with J-Wall now Um, I think that's it though if you have any more questions or we didn't make our bridges clear on them but all means hit us up on our Twitter handle at Dino Crossroads talk to us there anytime you want Uh, thanks for joining us at the Crossroads this week I've enjoyed myself as I always do Um, and I will see you again next week
1: later
2: Film and Analytics create The Dynastic Crossroads that Film and Analytics create Peter crunches numbers and Jake just grinds that tape It's the dynastic crossroads where film is everything The Dynastic crossroads are the king. There may not be consensus, but we'll give you everything.
1: You like Jeff, Jeff, Jeff.
0: They does seem to have a jaw skill set, or he was used with a. A, he was using a dual skill shit. <laughs> he was using a dual
1: skill shit. <laughs> and you can just say yes or no, really. I think. Uh, on the pad. Podcast. <laughs> we needed an outtake, anyways.
0: I'm selective, Jake. Now he's poor. <laughs>
2: That's a little bit of a tongue twister.
1: And you can just say yes or no, really, I think. You like Jeff. 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 That's a little bit of a tongue twister. And you can just say yes or no, really, I think.